0: Hi, everyone. I am Piper Moretti, and welcome to my very first episode of Crypto and Real Estate. There is just so much to discuss regarding this particular intersection, and I'm finding I'm having the same conversations over and over because it's a really hot topic, and not just for realtors, but other real estate professionals, uh, financial professionals, crypto and traditional investors. I mean, the list goes on and on. And I just wanted to open up the conversation to everyone who is interested in learning more. So my first guest without further ado, and I chose you for a reason and we'll get to that in a moment. Um, uh, Please welcome Varun Bajaj Esquire. Uh, Varun is a real estate attorney and a cryptocurrency veteran who has been involved in the digital asset space since 2013. He has advised numerous companies, including mine, uh, and individuals in both the DeFi and the NFT sectors, and is now the CEO of an NFT music-based platform called The Hustle. That's H-U-S-L. So look for that. uh, Set to launch in August of this year. He's also a member of the board of directors for Ibrea, the International Blockchain Real Estate Association, and is a member of the Real Estate Crypto Alliance for Proppy. He's also getting married in a few weeks. So, thank you so much for taking time out and uh, joining us here. Welcome.
1: Thank you, Piper. Um, I'm honored to be here. I'm honored to be your first guest. Uh, That's pretty (laughs) exciting. Um, I've known you for so long. And, you know, it is a busy time for me, but I always will make time for you. Um, So, whenever you need me, just I'm a phone call away. So, I'm happy to be here.
0: Oh my God, you're so, so awesome. I mean, you're just like the busiest guy I know right now and, and you always take time out. So I really do appreciate that. Um, I'm actually, I, I wanted to talk to you first because of NFTs and how crazy they are right now. I mean, it just hasn't let up in the last you know few months. You've been in it, you were in it way long before that. You were talking about NFTs before everybody else was talking about NFTs, before it really hit big. And it just kind of like, it didn't really sink in until, you know, the, the, the $6 million artwork, you know, that was selling and then all this um, uh, real estate, this virtual real estate that's out there. It's just, it's nuts. Um, but first I'm gonna let you tell everybody how we met and uh, kind of came to be colleagues
1: here. Uh, no, I mean, So back in, you know, 2017, the bull run, uh, you know, just purely in crypto, Um, you know, I'm a real estate guy. That's my profession, real estate law. And, you know, I experienced a bear market and I was just like, okay, like I'm not going to be trading anymore. So I want to combine my passions with real estate and blockchain. There's got to be people out there who have the same interests as myself. So in uh, early 2019, actually, I literally just typed in crypto, real estate, Los Angeles, or something. (laughs) And literally, the first person that showed up was you, Piper. And I read your website and I was just like, I'm just going to reach out to her because she seems like very knowledgeable. She's very experienced and she's local. I'm literally going to bother her. She might not even read my email. She might go move it to straight to trash. (laughs) But luckily, you didn't. You read the email and uh, you're willing to be for coffee. And uh, yeah, we went to Manhattan Beach, met for coffee, just started talking. And I told you, that i uh, wanted to be like your commander in chief in the real estate world i remember that you were going to be the uh the ultimate crypto real estate broker uh licensed professional uh and i would just be you know tag along and i'm <laughs> glad we did we've built a friendship ever since we worked on that um you know after the time passed i realized you know sales wasn't my thing um, i wanted to do a little bit more so um i I no longer do the real estate side of things or like sales or brokerages or anything, but I do have my experience in real estate and, uh, you know, I just committed myself full-time to crypto, but uh, those are, those are some, some fun, fun times.
0: Yeah, me. they I were. Remember. Yeah. And these still are, you know, we still, we still have absolutely. our Brea board meetings and the sure. Crypto Alliance. So, you know, I still talk to you, it seems like at least once a week, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So then when, tell me when you got into nfts and defi let's let's start with nft first how, sure. how did that so, happen?
1: so basically if you were involved in the crypto space nfts prior to 2020 were just not really on anyone's radar um and anyone who says otherwise is is incorrect um it wasn't anything mentioned it wasn't big news it wasn't until so for me personally summer of 2020 a lot of things shifted both in DeFi and NFT. So obviously, if you follow the crypto markets in March of 2020, we all know COVID happened and that affected a lot of financial markets and crypto included. There was a liquidity crunch and Bitcoin dropped at its low to around 3400 and everyone thought it was dead and blah, 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 And uh, but it wasn't. So a lot of times, basically, that's when crypto and DeFi and NFT started kind of resurrecting in a way. So in the summer of 2020, that's when I started realizing, actually, I, I started learning about NFTs around the spring of 2020. I learned what OpenSea was. And I remember a colleague of mine who happens to be a very big thought leader in the space, um, Alan Hanna, and he, he was the first person who showed me what OpenSea was. And it's basically for those not aware, it's uh, you know a global marketplace and eBay of sorts for NFTs. So any NFTs you want, to sell on the secondary market, you go and open OpenSea. And so I learned about that. I was super, I thought it was very, very cool. So that was, that piqued my interest in, in the NFT world. And I fell down the rabbit hole. And then with DeFi, summer of 2020, for those in the industry, that was DeFi summer. Um, that's when Uniswap and decentralized exchanges really took off. And YFI in particular is a, um, yield finance protocol, basically yield aggregator. Uh, that was a, a project that was created from nothing. And it went from, you know, nothing to at one point worth five bitcoins. So $40,000 for one Wi-Fi limited float. So people got very interested. And from summer 2020 on, I was hooked.
0: Wow. Wow. Okay. So, you know, we've we've had a lot of popularity, obviously, just in the last few months. I'm getting so many calls and emails now regarding... NFTs from all over the country, all over the world, actually, they, you know, they think that they've got you know some amazing property that they can NFT. I know that there are some beginners that are listening to us right now. And I don't have my head wrapped all the way around it. I, I, I haven't you know, kind of conceptually, but I've never done one yet. So explain NFTs to me like I'm five.
1: All it is. Okay. So NFTs, this is not a five-year-old answer, this part. It's, it's a non-fungible <laughs> token. I mean, I, I, can't really, I can't really explain that as less than five. Like a non-fungible token, is what stands for? So now the five-year-old question. That just means every item is different. So if I'm talking about what fungible is, if the US dollar, for instance, it's fungible, meaning I my $1, I can exchange for your $1, Piper, and it's same value. Yours is not different than mine. It's the same thing, right? Non-fungible is different though. That means every item will be different. Like I can't trade one of my NFTs for one of your NFTs because each have different characteristics, different utility, different values, different price points. So that's basically the premise of an NFT is its uniqueness, right? So what an NFT in theory is, is an item. It can be a digital, a digital item. It can be anything. It's basically a digital representation of it could be a physical item, it could be a document. It doesn't matter, it's just a digital item that can now be transferred and traded and recorded. And the most important thing is recorded, there's security and there's verifiable proof that you own this item. So this item can be traded from anywhere to anyone in the world at any time, just using blockchain technology. So let's put it this way. I own a piece of art, art's a very easy example. I own a, a piece of uh, art that I think is very valuable, right? I have it as an NFT, it's a digital representation of digital art. That's a whole new medium. I have it, I can look at it on my wallet, it's great. Now I decide, you know what, I wanna sell that thing. Okay, easy, what do I do? All it takes is a couple steps, go to openc.com or it's openc.io, I don't know, just go to OpenSea, you connect your wallet, your items appear, and then I can list it to sale, list it for sale and anyone in the world can just log on, see my item and purchase it. And the transaction occurs instantly, the items transferred instantly, and that's all through blockchain technology. So that's the power of NFTs, being able to create liquidity for technically an e-liquid assets such as art, real estate, um, digital collectibles and create it more liquid and basically broadcast it to the entire world. And being able to secure the funds instantly it's a game changer. And that's just kind of how things in this world are uh headed towards.
0: Okay. So I hate this word, but it's it's almost like crowdfunding. So there are shares, maybe, right, that are created on this digital art piece, right? And 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 you can can you buy individual shares or many shares, or how does that work?
1: I think the analogy is a little incorrect. It's not going to be a share. So we're not, uh, NFTs aren't like sharding, like you're not going to own a fraction of an NFT. Okay. So. so what you do is, is an NFT owner, if you're a creator of an NFT, you have a lot of different ways to do it. You can do something like a one-of-one NFT art piece. is the most simplest form. I own a piece of art. There's only one in existence or one that I own. I just want to sell one piece of art. You're not dividing that. You're not doing anything. You're selling it as a one of one. Now, as an art owner, you can be like, okay, you know what? I created this piece of art. I'm going to make 10 copies of it, right? You're not, so they're each are individually one. A one of 10 is what you call it. Or it can be a one of 100. So then you sell it. That's how you basically subdivide it and make it maybe more affordable or get your art to more people. So that's how you do it. You just create more uh, copies. But in the real estate world, you're not going to be having one of a hundred of this own property. So for instance, maybe there'll be a day where, you know, we all in the industry have always thought like tokenization of a real estate asset is where things are going, owning one tenth of a Manhattan property or something. That's amazing. But you have to understand we're so far away from that because you have to deal with security laws. Right. And so that's not happening anytime soon. So in the real estate world, it's just going to be a one of one type thing. I own the deed to this house. If I do an NFT that represents the ownership interest of this property, I can only have one, correct? So that's, that's the way it works.
0: So then walk me through how I would NFT something,
1: sure. whether
0: it's a house or a piece of art or anything. So, I mean, I, I understand the buying process now. If I had a, a baseball card or something that I wanted to NFT, I would just put it on this open C. And then just say, okay, I want to, I want to sell this for, you know, I think it's worth a thousand dollars. Let's say, how does that work?
1: Yeah. The process of actually making something an NFT is actually simple.
0: Okay. The
1: thing, All you have to do in, in, in theory, all you have to do is, you know, I'm not, I'm not paid to talk about OpenSea. I have no affiliation with them, but I use them and it's very easy. All you really have to do is just go to OpenSea. It's actually OpenSea.io, go to OpenSea. And the process takes maybe five minutes. You basically follow some instructions. You have to pay some gas fees to mint it, but everything is done as easy as possible. And then eventually your NFT will be created. And then you can then publicly sell on the open market for whatever price you want. Set it as an auction, set it as you know a set price. But the thing in the NFT world is not about uh, being able to mint an NFT. The art of minting is very easy. You go to OpenSea, it's flooded with, with uh, pieces of art or pieces of collectibles or NFTs. NFTs are all about community. It's about driving a narrative, driving a mission, getting the world behind it. That's the stuff that only creators can do, only marketing people can do, only those in the node can do, right? So if I'm wanting to sell a baseball card, yes, you can do that. But you have to understand that you have to have a story to tell. You have to be able to get your collectible out to the world. Don't expect that I'm going to mince an NFT, I'm going to put it on OpenSea, C, and I'm going to make millions. That's couldn't be further from the truth.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Then how do we parlay that into actual real estate?
1: Yeah. So if you look at the uh, – it was pretty of a landmark kind of uh, moment with property what they did, which was NFT the uh, the home in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. What they did is they basically took land ownership. The ownership of the property was in an LLC. So they basically created it where the owner, the LLC is being transferred, right? So they NFT the property, but the ownership was the vehicle that allowed the, um, the sale to occur. Because in Ukraine, it, you can just pass on that LLC to any buyer, right? And so you can record it later. So that was the ability that um kind of the special sauce as they can say right to kind of figure out because again you also have to make sure that in any jurisdiction you're dealing with you follow the regulatory requirements right i mean that's just where we are at this moment so what they did is they showed proof of concept and it showed it worked so they put the property on for sale i think it was a 24 hour property or 24 hour bid Mm -hmm. uh, over at scene house really good really good guys over at scene house and um yeah, you just started seeing the bids come in and there was towards the end, the bids got extended, the auction got extended by 45 minutes each time a bid was placed or something of that nature. And it sold for almost hundred thousand dollars. Now, let me ask you Piper, do you know where the buyer was located? No idea. San Francisco. A <laughs> so person in the States was able to buy a property out in Ukraine from the comfort of their own home, was able to transfer money, immediately to the buyer or to the seller, all within the span of what, five to 10 minutes once the deal is closed based on the Ethereum congestion fees. And at that moment, the uh, the basically the ownership was, and the NFT was delivered automatically to the purchaser's uh, Ethereum wallet showing proof of ownership on the blockchain that's immutable, that can't be tampered with. So anyone looking on that blockchain can see that gentleman is now the owner of this property and no third party officials can, you know, be corrupt or overwrite that. It's, it's code. Once it's in the blockchain, it's in the blockchain. That's impressive. Think about, you know, how fast that would be in the traditional world. Me and you, remember, we listed a property out in the Philippines. I mean, it was very difficult. We didn't have, but if we had the ownership of the NFT, I mean, it would have been a game changer being able right. to transfer that. Yeah.
0: Right. I mean, okay, So so then it went up for auction, just like it would maybe like a normal... Real estate auction, let's say, but the but instead it was NFTed and it was a one for one NFT. So, is that the only difference?
1: Uh, what do you mean by one for one?
0: Well, it was like well, so like so you were you're talking about like you know a piece of artwork or, or or whatever that's you know on this other platform that was like you know it, it was a it was one copy it was mm-hmm. one of oh, one yeah. one so yeah. a one
1: on one and the NFT. Um, basically to represent this real was drawn up with like some art or something to represent that ownership uh, transfer. So the NFT, an NFT can have a lot of like underlying documents representing the NFT. So there, there, there could be like, just an image or, or something. So in this case, it was like digital art that um, kind of represented that uh, specific NFT and um yeah so the owner got some nice piece of art from a really great artist in ukraine and then also uh the most important thing the underlying asset itself which was the uh the apartment
0: so, the apartment so he's got an apartment that he can go to that he owns the, in the ukraine that he's probably never seen
1: in never but i think <laughs> i think the most important thing to think about why it's exciting and i know the owner i don't know the owner personally but i'm fairly positive the owner has no intentions of actually living there what you could do though and it's exciting is you can now take the nft and you can plug it into DeFi platforms and you can lend against it you can borrow against it so now you have an asset worth close to a hundred thousand dollars represented in a token a fung- non-fungible token and you can now transfer it and plug it into different protocols earn interest that's exciting you can borrow against it some property um partnered up with um yeah, I think they partner up with uh, Helio Lending, and right. Helio, Helio Lending, you know, could do a uh, loan, loan, uh, loan up to like 75 percent, or, or something of that nature. I don't know what their LTV is, but you can now borrow against that. So I have an NFT, I can now borrow against that and take real cash and do whatever, whatever I want with it. When I'm done, then I can pay off my collateral and my loan, and or the collateral is the NFT. Um, amazing, right? That's just how life is going banks are gonna you know lose control and lose but that's kind of how peer to peer should be uh once you experience it you you uh and the power of it it, you won't go back
0: i mean this it changes everything in the real estate transaction i mean there's there's no escrow time frames there's no there's nothing you know so you know and, and i know Realtors heads are probably spinning right now. Like, okay, what about title insurance? What about this? What about that? You know? So I, I mean, there's so many questions you know, that are just, you know, out there um, and the legality of it. But, you know, I, I guess at the end of the day, it is a peer to peer. I mean, I don't think it's any different really than maybe, well, partially the, the buyer. Process, um, but yeah, you know, we we run into. I mean, you're you're an attorney, so you know, and, and a real estate agent, so you you know all about this. You know, we, we run into the um, issue of good funds laws. You know, that's that's the wall that I'm run, running up against right now, trying to get any kind of wallet to wallet transfer done. Um, what is considered good funds? The regulators here haven't necessarily caught up with the you know the the crypto world so to speak and things still have to be shown uh, the the settlement and the purchase price still have to be shown in fiat settlements have to be paid in fiat commissions have to be paid in fiat you know so it's there are all these hurdles still um and i know that like just from from this one nft all of that was just kind (laughs) of blown all that was just blown past
1: Exactly. It was blown past. And I mean, I think the moment is, you know, we're not, we're far, far along anytime soon for mainstream NFTs and property. I mean, that's just a given, but that doesn't mean that this is not where the world's heading and there's not opportunity, opportunities here. If you're a real estate professional, I mean, I literally said this to you many, many times, um, especially with, you know, a lot of times we speak at these events and I remember in like 2019, maybe like, I remember going to, there's like three people there so, <laughs> funny, think, yeah fun. it could be like 1500 it could be three we don't know yeah, I remember <laughs> that. The, no, the matter is at some point once the regulators give their approval and a full go ahead then the opportunity is already done and people are going to scramble to go it's going to happen at some point the yeah. u.s is a little slow but the u.s is just one country in the rest of the world right and so other countries are going to follow suit and being able to acquire this knowledge of what's going on, keeping abreast of the, uh, the latest happenings in the real estate world, especially in the crypto world, is going to be monumentally massive for the agent's career. It gives them a leg up in a market that's just dominated by agents left and right. I can go next door and find a real estate agent. What's going to separate them from the other agent down the street? Nothing except learning things that others don't know. So, to me, if you're a real estate professional, I mean, you should embrace it. You should become your local crypto real estate expert in your community and just learn everything you can because this is a two point, it's about a $2 trillion asset class and crypto is not going away anytime soon. And investors like myself, I can guarantee you that when we're looking to diversify and acquire real estate, we're not going to, we're not going to deal with anybody except people who speak our language. People right. who understand crypto, people understand what we're about not just fake people looking to get a commission. I'll be honest. You want to deal with a few that stand behind our ethos, understand kind of why it's powerful. And I gladly will give people that, the, those type of people business and others will. 100%. So this is your opportunity to, to make a, make a, a difference in your career and yeah. a different trajectory. Yeah.
0: I, I totally agree with that. And, you know, one thing I do a, a lot of education outreach and uh, finally have my class up, you know, people can can purchase. Um, but no, that's why I tell them, I'm like, look, just because you buy, you know, a couple of Ethereum, you know, it doesn't mean that you're all of a sudden a, a, an expert. You need to know this language. You need to be able to converse because, you know, guys like you you know, and, and, and uh, savvy crypto investors are just are going to spot a fraud like immediately, you know, if, if you don't, if you cannot, you know, have that conversation. So absolutely, I mean, I'd say do your homework, get go down the rabbit hole. It's fun. You know, it's it's not scary at all. And and especially if you've got, you know, a, a multi-million dollar deal sitting in front of you that could possibly go away. You learn very fast. So that's that's how I got started in all of this. It's it's nuts. So okay, so Proppy had that really that that very successful NFT very very recently. Now, I think just before that there was one that was attempted in Thousand Oaks. There was a realtor up there that did one or at least tried and that one failed miserably. Why do you think that is?
1: Oh, it's specifically two reasons. I did hear about that. Two reasons. Number one, someone was <clears throat> that individual probably just heard the keyword and again, I'm just I'm just basically, I don't know who that person is. Yeah, I have no idea who it is. Yeah. But in my opinion, it's specifically a person trying to use a key buzzword to profit. That's it. And in the NFT world, we literally despise people like that. No one in order to do success, be successful in the NFT world, it's not the NFT itself that you need to, you know, do or NFT your property. You need to really get behind the NFT um, beliefs, get with the NFT community, speak against yourself, talk to them, talk about why it's important, not just from a financial point of view, really give reasons why it's exciting. How is this going to revolutionize the world? That gentleman did nothing of that. It. it was just like, oh, I'm going to take an NFT property. And because I'm NFTing this property, I should command X, Y, and Z. No, like, why would I want your property the NFT is not going to suddenly increase the value of your property. If I'm in a real world and I see this property, it's whatever the purchase price is or the market dictates, will it increase liquidity? Sure, but I guarantee you that person did a horrible job of getting the word across and really immersing themselves with the NFT world. They did nothing of that nature. The property was different because they had the resources to really do clubhouses, to get the NFT experts involved, to talk about it, to explain to the world why it's great they immerse themselves with the crypto world. Yeah. And any NFT project, whether it's real estate, music, art, you have to immerse yourself with the crypto world. The real world does not care about NFTs right now. Yeah. The crypto world does though. And that's where people go really wrong. You know, Jay Z just did a on a different topic, Jay Z just did an NFT drop for for one of his music stuff. And it was a really actually, a failure. I mean, I only really got. Ah, sorry, my dog. I had but it was pretty much a failure because again, it's not the person who does it; it's about getting into the community, immersing yourself, and that's probably why you know people like this real estate guy failed, and that's probably why you know others are failing as well. So that's the story, and probably did really well to avoid all that.
0: Now let's get to. SEC regulations because I'm always fascinated with this. Do you think we have the potential of seeing another 2018 <laughs> come to fruition? Because 2018, SEC came down at all the ICOs and said, "Yeah, no, this is not going to work for us. We're we're going to you know shut you guys down." Tons of lawsuits. Um, you know, I I had a couple of very close friends and clients who were kind of caught up in that whole nonsense. Um, you know, NFTs by and large, to my understanding, are not regulated by the SEC at the moment. So I know that they're, we're kind of walking a fine line, but I mean, oh, explain this to me, you know, how, how are NFTs not under scrutiny right now? And will
1: they be? I mean, are baseball cards under scrutiny? No. Is ART under scrutiny? It's not a security, there's no expectation. It's, it's, you know, the same way as ART's been around for generations trading cards have been around for generations you know those are you know basically collectibles that is of now no longer interested the SEC is not interested in any of those things because it's not a security so the issue comes down to securities and, and all that stuff so when it comes down to a 2018 aspect regulation is always going to be there at the a framework has never been set in place right and so all you can do if you're a participant in this market is take what's given to you at the current moment and navigate t- through to the best of your abilities and make sure that, you know, you are operating under the framework of what is allowed at that time. Now I don't foresee an issue where the NFT market is going to get hit by the SEC. Not at all. I just don't see that at all. I think when it comes to real estate in the NFT market, there's going to take some time because real estate as its nature is something that the SEC does get involved with. And that's why you can't really do tokenization properties and, You know, they're very specific on who you raise money from and like things of that nature. And so when you get the American investor involved, like you have to be very, very safe and secure and follow all the guidelines. I don't necessarily think 2018 is going to happen with that regard. I do think, though, we will hit a bear market in the crypto world, but that's completely different because that's just cyclical. I follow Bitcoin for your um, bull cycle theory. Um, Everyone's different. Some people think there's going to be like a hyper hyper bull run. I don't. I think the bull market is going to stop this year. Normal profit-taking will last a couple of years. Um, But that doesn't take away from the fact that this industry is growing, real estate is growing, NFTs are definitely exploding. And I think that's another reason why the popularity of NFTs are where where they are, because it's an easy concept and less scrutiny is going to be placed on, on this because the regulators aren't really concerned, in my opinion.
0: That's OK. Well, I, you of uh, all my friends would know that, you know, you've got your finger on the pulse every day, it seems. So I have and, and again, I, I get calls and emails like this. I've got this great piece of property. Actually, myself, I have a listing in in Mexico, I think would make a great NFT. And I get I've gotten calls from New Jersey and <laughs> Panama, and name it, saying I've got this amazing property. I think I can NFT it. What do I do?
1: Well, I think the first thing you have to do is look at the the landscape of the uh, the regulations of that local city or jurisdiction. You know, how are they? They have to be on board in the sense of like, how is title transferred? How is the ownership transferred? Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the first and foremost thing. Like, you can have an NFT, edit- and then you can sell it, but you have to figure out a way. How is that county going to record it? Right. You have to figure that part out. I mean, I have a property. I buy it. Great. Now, what do I have to do? There might be a, a human aspect involved, like I might have to take the, you know, go to the recording office and take the paperwork there. But you just have to make sure that whatever jurisdiction you do use is aligned with that. And of course, that's a little bit more of a hurdle. But that's why people like property or creating their NFT marketplaces. But it's not like, it's not like, oh, I'm just going to wake up one day and sell my property. There's some steps that you have to take as a seller and as a seller's agent to figure out that this jurisdiction will allow such a sale and if, if, if it's an NFT sale, okay, how do I get it recorded? It'll be recorded on a blockchain, but I have to make sure it's recorded in the local county. But yeah, in theory though, say you record an NFT in the blockchain and the county is, is okay with just taking normal documents in and, and getting it done, it's an easy process. It literally takes a couple minutes. I mean, I think Robby is gonna be doing a great job at creating their own marketplace. I think you should, only use such a platform like that, or something focused. If you go on OpenSea or something, it's you know it's going to be lost in the crowd, and I don't necessarily know if they're equipped to handle it because NFTs use a lot of documents that you have to put in in place. Uh, buyers are going to want to do, but all it takes is just having a house willing to sell, um, making sure you have Ethereum in your wallet, and then contacting the site to create that into an NFT that's fully. Uh, transferable and uh, tradable all around the world. So basically that creates it into a much more liquid asset. So there's many sets that does it, but I would personally think you should use someone like Proppy or someone that's very focused on this space. Um, but yeah, it's a very simple step. So uh, in less than 10 minutes, you can have uh, theoretically an NFT of a house up and running.
0: That's incredible. And I think honestly and Proppy is one of the, is the really only platform that I know of that's really primed for this. I mean, they've been in the space for years. They, they survived 2018 and beyond, and they're just, they're doing amazing things. Um, So yeah, if you, uh, anybody listening out there who needs more information, just contact either me or Varun. Real quick, well, let's move into DeFi. What is it and why should real estate professionals care about something like that?
1: I mean, it's power. It's basically taking control of your own money, operating on your terms, making money the way you should, without getting any other middlemen, banks. Why should banks, you know, earn money off of your money? Why? And that's what happens. You know, currently in this traditional, we call it DeFi uh, finance 1.0, the traditional legacy world.
0: You put in money in a bank
1: account, you're getting what 0.01 percent, like for the opportunity of. Depositing your money you get nothing you're basically in some countries you're paying them and then you have restrictions as to how much you can withdraw and people are questioning you and it doesn't matter blah 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 why why should why should anyone have to go through that i don't know and my money all i can speak for myself is my money i want to do what i want to do with my money i want to withdraw what i want when i want i want to wait for anybody's permission and millions and millions of people think just like me and that's what DeFi is. DeFi stands for decentralized finance. And what that means is it, it basically cuts out all the middlemen, the intermediaries. So now you can earn yield. You can earn the interest that you deserve on a traditional DeFi platform. And a conservative one, you can easily earn 8 to 10%. That's amazing. That's eight times more or way more than eight times than any bank can get. You can use something like Avid. You can use something... Like uh, you can use a, a centralized place like Celsius. You can use, you know, all sorts of protocols. I put my money in there. You're in finance, for instance, too. And I'm going to get a return that I will never see in my bank. And I can withdraw that anytime I want. I can once I withdraw, I can then send it to wherever I want. To be three in the morning on a Sunday, I want to send some money to my friend in Argentina. Guess what? I can do that. It'll be there instantly. Maybe like five, less than five minutes. Ethereum with higher gas fees. That's what DeFi stands for, being able to now withdraw money, loan it to whoever I want, earn interest, stake it on protocols, earn even more interest, You know, borrow against it. Like the case of the NFT, I have a $100,000 property. I go to a place that's able to now um, give me money for that collateral. I can now withdraw $75,000 of it. And now I can use that $75,000, plug it into a DeFi protocol, paying 10% a year. You know, I just made $7,500 on that. And then, you know, my, or, or, you know, I can put into either other protocols that I pay much more yield. I can do whatever I want. All it is, though, is power. And people around the world are finally understanding that DeFi is here to stay. Once you go through DeFi, you never want to go back. And like for me personally, I keep the bare minimum in my checking account, bare minimum, just pay some taxes, or not just taxes, pay traditional goods or whatever services. But the rest is all in crypto because that's how much I believe in it.
0: Now, are these platforms insured? I know Nexo is, um, I mean, you know, because you know we've got the FDIC, you know, insurance, you know, just in case anything happens, you know, up to, you know, what? It was $250,000 or something like that in a regular bank account. Now, you know, what happens if something gets hacked? I've been hacked before. I never, I'm never gonna say that money again, you know, but it wasn't in, it wasn't in these platforms that you're talking about. It was just on, exchanges. So what's the difference there?
1: Oh, well, I would actually say some of these platforms I'm talking about are actually more secure and safe than a bank. So uh, DeFi stems from, you know, all sorts of things. The ones I'm talking about, the, not like the Aves and stuff, they're multi-billion dollar companies that aren't going to run away with their money. If they're they've been audited like crazy, if there's ever some sort of bug or error found, there's insurance that they will provide and people will get compensated. But then there's also different spectrums, right? Then there's something called Degen Farms, which are on the other end of the spectrum will pay you thousands of percents, five to 600 percents. But those ones are risky. Those are the ones that are kind of like the casino type of things. You lose your money there. Yeah, you'll probably, you know, call it rug pull. But we, anyone on this call should not mess with that. I do because I love crypto. But like, I'm an, I'm very well versed in this. You are space. very
0: well versed. Yeah. So I wouldn't
1: <laughs> I, I wouldn't recommend anyone touching those. As far as security goes, these major platforms, these multi-billion-dollar platforms, my money is completely safe. Now let me say with the banks, sure they're FDIC insured. Okay, let's just let's just put this for example in Greece in 2015 there was a bank run. Um, what what good is that? Any insurance done there? Like good luck getting any of your money. Good luck trying to if everyone in the is trying to run and get their money at the bank at the same time, they can't give it to you. You don't own your money at the bank; it's an IOU pretty much from the bank. So, if the FDIC insure, sure, it's two hundred fifty thousand. Like, uh, if something were to happen there, like good luck getting your money. That's my opinion. Um, if things hit the fan like that, I mean, the drawbacks are just much greater to me than any sort of bug or error that. People always like to say, oh, what if Bitcoin gets hacked? Well, guess what? Bitcoin has been around since 2009, hasn't been hacked. Ethereum hasn't yeah, been hacked.
0: Yeah. You would need so much computing power for that anyway. <laughs> I would be very impressed in you know, something like Bitcoin got
1: Yeah, well, it's never going to. I mean, yeah. the moment that happens and the whole I mean, blockchain world is done, but totally. it's time-tested. And the same things with DeFi. It hasn't been time-tested that much, but the smartest people around the world are trying to crack these protocols and they can't anymore. And so, you know, don't be scared of DeFi that's my, my suggestion to everyone listening. try it out and you won't regret it.
0: That's so great. So, um, this is not financial advice. So we have to do the, the disclaimer in, in any way, shape or form, but what are some of the, like, I'm, I'm relatively new to DeFi. So what platforms would you recommend for me to just check out?
1: Aave, obviously, yeah, I mean, it depends on what you want to do, right? So there's all sorts of things. Lending is one. Aave is really good with that. I would say it's one of the biggest leaders. And there's also um, something called decentralized exchanges. That's a part of DeFi. So people, things like Uniswap, SushiSwap, those are really good. Um, and then there's like yield forms on you know, Ethereum. That's why Ethereum is doing really well, right? Ethereum is a base layer for DeFi and NFTs. So pretty much any NFT that you buy on the Ethereum network, Ethereum's, you know, the most trusted, the most um, network effect. You're using Ethereum, uh, you know, and so all these protocols, you know, have to lock up Ethereum. So Ethereum to me is the best crypto you can invest in more than Bitcoin. I know there's a lot of Bitcoin maximalists that would literally yell at me for saying that, but I really don't care. I actually, I think Ethereum is super useful, way more than Bitcoin is faster. Um, But those are two things that I would check out, Aave and you know, like I said, Sushi Swap. I love. It's just a decentralized exchange, being able to, you know, trade when you want to and at any time without any intermediary telling you it's powerful. Um, you know, there's other things you can use, like Chainlink. It's a part of the DeFi system, uh, very popular. Um, but those are the things. Definitely check out like Aave, check out SushiSwap, Uniswap. And, and again, not financial advice. Yeah, exactly,"
0: (laughs) says the lawyer. Um, No, I actually, I, I I have a little bit of uh, Uniswap. I just got Chainlink yesterday. I'm, I'm, I'm getting my feet wet again in the crypto world after a couple of years of just being completely gone. A lot of these uh, platforms have their own token. They're on major um, exchanges like Coinbase. You know, I, I figure if it's on Coinbase, then it's pretty legit. They don't just add rando coins to that, that platform. It takes a while to get listed and on there. So um, you know, Chainlink is on there, Aave is on there, Uniswap, Sushi. What are some other pretty cool tokens that we should watch out for?
1: Well, I mean, the list of Coinbase coins have gone up hot more and more. I mean, you're right though. Coinbase, Coinbase is, is kind of the holy grail in, in the crypto project. If you get a listing there, you know, you're instantly more credible. You have much, but more importantly, you have much more liquidity, right? So people all around the world are more comfortable creating account on Coinbase versus going to a decentralized exchange, plugging your Web3 wallet, learning how to interact with that. Like that's a a learning curve. So that's why Uniswap and SushiSwap still, you know, are amazing, but they're not at the Coinbase level. Um, As far as other coins, I mean, I don't necessarily know because I only follow, you know, the coins that I own. I know a completely unrelated subject, but a lot of meme coins are doing well. So things like Dogecoin and and Shiba and those things. And and they're fun to be a part of, right? And they've made a lot of people a lot of money. Um, But it's kind of like just getting the community behind. Again, it comes down to community. Dogecoin would be nothing without its community. Oh, I know. Um, Yeah. And so they have like, you know, all the Wall Street Brett's crowd, the same people that, you know, got the prices to AMC and uh, GameStop up so much. They rally behind things like, you know, Dogecoin, even though it has no value, it doesn't really matter. It has a loyal community behind it. And that's pretty powerful. And that's why the NFT world is only going to succeed if the community behind it allows them to. So, uh, yeah, if if you're going to NFT a real estate property, just make sure you embrace yourself in the real estate world and get the people to know about and talk about in the crypto world. Otherwise, don't bother.
0: Right, <laughs> exactly, exactly. That. I think Doge is the only meme coin that I actually own, and I'm in the hole because I bought it like right at the top of the market, of course. But I know that there's a ton of others out there. But yeah, I mean, literally, it's it's what the supporters it it ha- the value of it is what we say it is, and a lot I get that a lot too from from kind of newbie investors. They're like, well, you know, cryptocurrency is just what we you know, the value is just what we say it is. Well, it is, but it isn't. So yeah. it's, it's kind of like the US dollar, you know, it's like, it's not backed by anything, you know, it's just, it's backed by. Exactly.
1: The faith of the, the people that support. Exactly. Yeah. It. yeah. We're no longer at the gold standard back in, no. you know, yeah, so it's the same thing. And, and what, but more importantly, it's like, Doge is an anomaly where it's just only crypto or community, but the rest of crypto cars, there's actually a use case. That's why I like to say Ethereum actually is use case because I can lend it. I can borrow against it. I can use it to pay for NFTs. I can actually earn yield, stake it, earn interest. There's use case there. Um, but at the end of the day, that kind of argument doesn't really go far for me. That just shows to me that people are trying to figure out a way to, you know, uh, align their short-term beliefs on on the world to, to uh-huh. justify it, yeah. to justify. It. It's a very basic beginner question. Um, but it's like, yeah, I think at some point, you gotta play around with this stuff. You gotta learn to use these protocols. Once you do, then it becomes more than just a speculative asset. It actually becomes a useful utility asset. And when you find a utility there, then you will put more money in, you'll believe in it more, in my opinion.
0: I totally agree. I always tell people, you've gotta get skin in the game. And I'm not just talking about you know $5 on you know, Coinbase. Although, that's a good start. You know, it gets yeah, you engaged. Right. You're watching it all the time. And sometimes like for me, I've got, I check it. I check my block folio, like an embarrassing amount of times during the day. Welcome
1: to a bull run. right? all oh, uh, 10 to 20 times a day. <laughs>
0: Unbelievable! Oh my God! Well, I could talk about this for hours. As you know, um, I'm going to to give you a break here, but maybe we'll we'll continue the conversation at some point in a in a further episode. Thank you so much. Yeah.
1: I, no, no problem, Piper. I always like talking to you, and I'm happy to you know help you out anytime you need me. Just don't call away.
0: Awesome. You, for you, I'll,
1: for you I'll, I'll set aside some time. Ah,
0: I feel so special. <laughs> All right. Well, stay tuned for more episodes that are coming soon. We'll talk about tokenization, prop tech, blockchain applications, title, escrow, and the list goes on. Thank you so much for listening and we will be back here soon.